We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I'm so excited to talk about this because this show is all about leveling up your game. And that's the mental, emotional, spiritual game as well. And I know that we've all been through something challenging in our life whether that's the loss of a loved one, a relationship, or just trying to figure out your place, your purpose, and your worth. There is nothing more valuable that I have found in my life than finding safe spaces for me to talk through what's really going on in between my ears, inside my head. And sometimes our mind can be our biggest block to transformation. But with BetterHelp, you have a therapist that you can connect with entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable for your schedule. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, I really encourage you guys to try BetterHelp. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com slash coachable today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash coachable. podcast. I'm so excited that you're here for another week of the show. And if this is the first time that you're joining us, welcome. This is a show all about building a life that feels as good as it looks. And here I get to interview some of the world's best in the wellness, mental health, entrepreneurship, spirituality game. And today is very unique. I've got Stephen Jaggers here joining me virtually, and it's going to be a unique and important conversation because Steven's got a really impressive background from kinesiology, anatomy, somatic therapies. He's also a neuro, neuromuscular therapist, and he's designed and curated a new um, breathwork technique called somatic breathwork, which I'm excited to dive in and learn more about. This revolutionary uh, breathwork technique really helps people to get out of their heads and into their bodies. He's also the uh, host of a podcast called Mind Body Mentor which interviews similar type guests, uh, top experts in health and wellness. And uh, we're just really excited to have Stephen here for this conversation. So Stephen, welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Thanks for being here. 
Uh, thank you so much, Tori. I've been looking forward to this conversation and I'm sad I couldn't make it there in person, but I know this will be an incredible conversation. So excited. to Yeah, dive I've in been with following you. your work and your, your online presence for a while and just have a lot of respect for the work that you do, the space that you hold for people and the way that you just create and curate environments for people to really experience themselves and do the work. And I would love to just jump right in and learn about kind of how did you and just give me a little bit of the background for how did you get into this work and why it's so important? Yeah. A um, little bit of background, you know, uh, I'm an only child. Um, both my parents were struggling addicts when I was young. Um, they struggled with pretty hard street drugs uh, when they had me, you know, until I was about six. And, uh, you know, they, I watched them go through rehab and quickly switch to prescription medications. And, you know, from a young age, you are just so sensitive. You're, you, we learn how to co-regulate first before we learn our own self-regulation. And so when we're young, we're picking up on everything that our parents are feeling and we feel it as if it's, as if it's ours. And so I always, I always was very sensitive and I knew something was off. I watched them struggle with anxiety and depression uh, from such a young age. And there was this internal knowing inside of me that this is not how humaning is supposed to be. This is not how life is supposed to be. And so there was innate, an innate drive with inside me to kind of figure out what was going on. And, you know, I was always a very active person. I played lots of different sports. I was an amateur skateboarder uh, in competitions. I played basketball in college. Um, I was always very physically active. And I, I, it took me a while to realize this, but when you are, you know, as a, as a kid or even as an adult, when you are in your body, when you are playing sports, when you're in flow state, you're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about the future. You're not thinking about what's going on at home. You are in the present moment. And so I was very uh, uh, curious and about that. I originally wanted to study addiction mm -hmm. psychology. Um, I went to school for that. And I also went down a route of physical therapy. I couldn't decide whether I wanted to go down the mind route of things or the, the body route. And unfortunately, in today's modern schooling, they don't have a route that uh, well, now, now they do, but when I was going to school, they didn't have a route that showcased how the mind and the body are intrinsically connected. And so I, I was kind of testing out both sides and I ended up dropping out completely. I found a, a school that taught, uh, lots of different forms of body work from energetic body work, such as cranial sacral therapy, somatic release body work, uh, polarity therapy. And also, you know, I was very much into injury rehabilitation, neuromuscular therapy, aligning people's posture. And I, you know, just as soon as I got my hands on someone's body, everything that I was studying from books uh, started to just land so much deeper for me. I think a lot of us are experiential learners. A lot of us are kinesthetic learners. And the current modern education system is is mostly done off mm -hmm. books and lecture. And, and so once I got into it, um, I started just becoming so fascinated 
and uh, you know studied lots of different forms of of body work and somatics and and uh, mind body modalities that that really help people live a higher quality of life. And then later on down the road, I, I started getting into breath work as well, which we can go down that route yeah, if you want to yeah. go. No, I I so appreciate what you just said about how many of us are like kinesthetic and experiential learners. I am one of those. I was actually just having mm-hmm. coffee with a friend before we started recording. And I was telling her, you know, I tend to be one of those people that I like to go out. If I, if I learn about something that I'm curious about, I'll go do a little bit of research. I'll go listen to some podcasts on the topic or I'll go, you know, dive in and, and read about it. And then I intentionally go out and seek an experience to to embed that information in my nervous system, in my body and embody it and have that experiential knowledge and wisdom. And only then do I tend to actually speak on those topics um, because otherwise it's just something that I can talk about and I understand um, from a mental Mm -hmm. perspective and I can theorize about it and I can talk about it, but I haven't experienced it. And it's such a different um, level of wisdom. I'd like to just start there with you we talk a lot about the mind-body connection, right? But I don't think necessarily a lot of people understand what that really means. Can you just kind of lay the groundwork for that? Absolutely. And I think on your topic there about... um, just uh, being able to read from books and spew up kind of the the, uh, the understanding of things. I'm a I'm definitely a nerd for etymology. I love to break down words, and we live in such a world that's become uh, so mentally dominant that we've forgotten, we've lost the connection to the intelligence of our body. We do a lot of cool stuff, like we hop on podcasts, and you know we're we're talking to each other through uh, technology. Um, but our mind can't even fathom the uh, the intelligent processes of you could just say repairing your body on a cellular level, or the digestion of your food, or the beating of your heart. Your mind can't even wrap you can't even wrap your head around that. And so we look at a word such as like, um, if I were to ask you if what I'm saying makes sense to you, well, most of us are like, okay, can I wrap my head around it? Does it make sense? But if you really look at that word, if something makes sense, it makes sensation. It makes a physical sensation inside of your body. Your body will tell you yes or no. That's where we get this, this phrase called, it's a full body yes. Right. If if something, if you really understand something, even that word means you can stand underneath it and you can lift it up because you've been there, you've walked it, you've embedded it into your neuromuscular patterns. And so I'm much more interested in the embodiment practices and why I think we can, we can dive into somatics a little bit. Uh, the definition of some of somatic your soma from a Western standpoint, it is of the body in relation to the mind. So how the body affects the mind, but the, the, the root of that word soma, it comes from ancient Greek and it means a person's living wholeness. They didn't look at your mind is separate from your body is separate from your spirit. It's a living wholeness. And so every, every mental experience that you've ever had, every spiritual experience you've ever had, every experience of love, 
every experience in general has been through the body. And so there is, um, uh, uh, you could say, and this gets a little controversial, but in our modern world, there has been sort of a war against our body. People, uh, you know, all of these marketing ads telling you need to look a certain way, you need to have lip injections and, uh, you know, breast implants, or if you're a guy, you got to have steroids and all, and all the toxins in our food, there's a war against our body because our body is where we experience everything. And I think that's why somatics is becoming so much more popular because we're, we're, we can no longer bypass nature. We can no longer bypass biology. When we were looking at the earth right now, we're bypassing uh, the earth, a lot of the biological processes of our earth. If you look at your nervous system, you are actually not your chronological age. However old you are, you are actually ancient because you came out of your mom and she came out of her mom and she came out of her mom. And it's taken thousands of years for you to cultivate very specific processes that have kept us alive, that have kept us our ability to thrive. And so we've weeded those, those uh, processes out of our culture because we've swung the pendulum to such a mentally dominant culture. We look at the body as just something we have to put clothes on it and we have to feed it. Um, but really, when we look at like symptoms or we look at disease, like all of these things are very intelligent communication systems from our body saying, Hey, there's something wrong. There's something out of alignment here. Uh, if you even look at anxiety or depression, anxiety is a bubbling up of something that's been pushed down and it takes more energy to push things down and it will drain you to continue to push down that anxiety and that act of having an, uh, an anxiety attack is something that's coming up that, and it usually is around some sort of massive life choice, career change, um, relationship that's not in alignment, job that's not in alignment, I'm living in an environment that's not in alignment that we a lot of the times will suppress and numb. And so my fascination is looking at the intelligence of our bodily systems because we truly are sitting in thousands of years of uh, the achievements of evolutionary biology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just said something that I really want to dive into a little bit deeper, which is numbness. Because if, if we're trying to yeah. access the wisdom and the intelligence and the, the natural order of things within our, our bodies, like built-in compass it knows how to repair itself it knows like there's yeah. a, a built-in intelligence that is there yet we live in a culture that is very numb and not yeah not like disconnected from from that wisdom i've heard you say numbness is an active process can you speak to that what yeah. does that mean and for those listening who might have spent years i know for me like I spent years numbing my pain and numbing the sensations yeah. because I didn't want to feel them, but I'd also never been taught to feel them. Um, can you go into to what numbness means and like how, how we can start to become more enlivened and awake to what's really happening inside of our bodies? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. Um, First off, one of the powerful things that you said that you were never taught, I want people to realize that um, 
and it's just like the book from Gaber Mate, the, the myth of normal is that most of our adaptive responses, most of our defense responses, most of the ways that we cope, most of the ways that we numb ourselves are actually a very intelligent response. It's a normal response to an abnormal environment. And so there's a lot of societal impression, parental impression, cultural impression that has um, really uh, robbed us of our, our, <laughs> our resource uh, to be able to feel. And when I say numbness is an active process, it's because when you were born into the world, your somatic sensation, meaning your felt senses, your ability to hear, feel, taste, touch, sense, like nervous system sensation is your ability to communicate beyond words, your ability to feel when someone is in your bubble. Like when you're around another uh, person, you have an electrical bubble around you. You know, some people in the in more of the woo space would call that like your aura, but it is an electromagnetic bubble. You can feel when someone's mm-hmm. standing behind you. You can feel when you're in someone's bubble that uh, that is probably not in alignment with you. Or you can feel when you're in someone's bubble and there's a massive attraction and you're like, whoa, it creates when those two bubbles collide, it creates chemistry. Um, which is a, a glandular secretion, but starts from an electrical standpoint. But numbness is because your somatic sensation is your default state. We were born into the world to feel, to experience, to have the full range of of sensation. As we move through life and we have different woundings and different intelligent defense systems that come up that are probably the most intelligent thing that we could have done in the moment, well, we learn to suppress different things. We learn to protect ourselves. We learn how to cut ourselves off from feeling because whatever has happening in the moment is too much for us to handle. And if you, if you want to look at that from a Western standpoint, it is the concept of dissociation. When uh, the, the short definition of trauma is too much, too fast, too soon, too often, when you're in a situation where it's too much, too fast, too soon, too often, the defense system that happens is a part of you doesn't want you to feel what's going on. So it leaves, it checks out, or it it numbs you from feeling that because whatever is happening is too much. And that part of you that leaves or checks out or numbs, it doesn't just come back right away. It, it, there's a certain biological process that helps you to reclaim all of the parts of yourself. But that intelligent response helps us in the moment. It's beneficial in the moment, but left over time, it can become a, an active defense system that's embedded in our nervous system that can start to drain us of our energy. And when I say numbness is an active process, it takes more energy to maintain a state of feeling numb than it does to actually let yourself feel because feeling and sensing is your natural state. And so if you look at something like, let's just look at like the alcohol epidemic or the opioid epidemic or whatever the drug of choice or thing of choice. It could be sex, whatever it is, whatever the thing of choice to, to, to numb you from whatever you're feeling. If I was working a nine to five job that I just hated my life and it was a call center job, it was a soul sucking job. And my boss was just an asshole. And, uh, 
and I get off work after this nine to five job that I'm working 40 hours a week, I'm probably going to want something to numb me from the pain of my existence. I'm probably going to want something to like, yeah, numb me from how shitty my life is. But that act of numbing is going to keep me in that situation. And so learning how to feel the actual pain of my existence is probably going to be the catalyst for me to go down a different route that's more in alignment for, for me. So that act of feeling, although it might be painful, it's an intelligent signal that's saying, hey, this is not in alignment with you. There's some pattern that you're doing, whether it's to your physical body, whether it's to your emotional body, whether it's to your, your spiritual path, whatever it is, is not in alignment with you. And it's going to take more energy to push things down. It's going to take more energy from your system to continue to numb yourself than it does to actually let yourself feel it and then make whatever change that you need to make. I'll say one more thing on that. The, there's a similar concept within body work that called parasitic tension. Most of us living, because we're on computers and phones and stuff, like we have tension in our neck and shoulders. Like I haven't felt a body that doesn't have some you know, mm -hmm. call knots or trigger points in your, in your neck and shoulders. Well, it takes nervous system energy to contract a muscle. It takes electricity from your system to contract a muscle. And so if you have that tension in your body all the time, it is parasitic in its nature because it's taking energy to keep that muscle contracted. And so that energy could be utilized towards other biological functions, such as the digestion of your food, which is a very energy intensive process in your body. The same thing happens on an emotional level. If we continue to push things down, it becomes parasitic in, in our nature because it's going to drain our energy from being able to utilize that as you know, how we want to show up in the world, how we want to show up in our, for our family, how we want to show up in our life's mm -hmm. mission and our purpose. I know I don't want to no, rant this is there, so but. important because I think many people who listen to the show can probably relate to some point in their life where they have felt that level of numbness. And everybody that I interview on this show talks about something similar, which is I had to feel my pain in order to create the transformation and the change that I wanted to experience in my life. And yet, I think there's this correlation to stress and numbness, like, right. That we, we yeah. often numb the things that are these, these stressors. And that's, I've heard you talk about like bad stress and good stress, how stress can uh, cause, cause like disease and dis-ease in the body, but it also can be the thing that like is our path to transformation and growth. So I'd like to talk about that in just a second. But yeah. You even alluded to this when you first started to to give a little bit of background on yourself and you talked about your parents and uh, their addiction. And yeah. growing up, that could have been normal to you. Numbness could be normal to people. This is just how I operate. This is just how I live. This is just my life. This is just what it is. I only feel like there's only like I'm just living at this default numbness. There's no high highs. There's no low lows. Maybe I'm just kind of just yeah. existing, just surviving. And it might be normal. But what I hear you say is it's not natural. And those are two it's very not. different things. I think we think what is normal is natural, but it's not. Right. And if we can just become yeah. aware of that, that is a 
that's illuminating. That's an awakening for, for people. It's like, oh, this isn't natural. This isn't the way my body has, like, that was not the intention mm -hmm. for how I was, like, designed. And I've actually been working against my body and it's causing more stress to live in that state. Can yeah. you talk about good stress? What is good stress versus bad stress? And how does stress impact our bodies and just our lives? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, it's so interesting because stress is the number one killer. It weakens your body to the point of where you can't fight things off. And then you start to, you know, you start to have breakdowns of different systems in the body. But stress is also the number one thing that causes growth. You know, most of us think we want a super easy life, but no, we don't want that. We want something stressful to overcome, to, uh, to bump up against, to grow, grow from, um, stress creates growth. And so, the first thing we need to understand is that stress, you could replace the word stress with trauma if you want. Like it is an outside force that is um, really a question to your being. Like it's, a, it's an outside stressful pressure. But stress is actually the response. It's what's happening. It's not the things that are happening to you. It's what's happening inside of you based on what's happening to you. So it's really a stress mm -hmm. response from inside of you. And like I was saying, stress, what it's subjective. So what's stressful to you might not be stressful to me based on like my resilience and my nature of how I was born and my default settings and my ancestry. And then also the experiences that have shaped me. Um, but it's a, it's a question to your body and what happens when we go through something stressful, it's asking us a question and the question answered is how do I find a new adaptive pattern to this? How do I overcome this? And the, that's the question answered. But most of us, when we go through something stressful, we mm -hmm. just push it down. We, we suppress it. And the question unanswered gets pushed down, starts to create suppression, repression, depression, until it's pressurized into a, 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 a dis-ease, a densification, calcification of, of energy that's moving through our system because our natural state is expression. We are expression vessels. I've worked with some really high-performing high CEOs, some very stressed-out people that have found incredible ways to channel that stress into a form, channel that pressure into different forms of expression. I guarantee if you look at the, the, all the music that you have in your Spotify, the art that you have in your phone, probably the businesses that maybe you've created or other people that have created, it probably came from some stressed out people that needed to figure out how to channel that into a form of expression. All of life, even if you look at nature, everything's expressing outward in its own mm -hmm. unique way. And that's what humans are craving. And so what that would be good stress is finding an, an adaptive pattern to whatever you're going through. And it could be something that's really intense. It could be something that's not as intense. Um, but bad stress is the, obviously the stress that we have, we, we've suppressed. We haven't found a new adaptive pattern or the chronic stress 
over and over and over that we're not designed for, like answering emails 24-7 or having to be on um, 24-7 communication with people or even like just recently in history, we've been able to see what's going on on the other side of the world. Like we, we can see tragedies that are happening on the other side of the world because of technology. Well, every cell in your body, your body is a biological entity. It knows that it's intrinsically connected to all living things. It knows that if you dump toxins in a river a hundred miles from you, eventually that water is going to make up the water in the body of your children. And so there is a, there's an innate knowing inside of your body that we're intrinsically connected. And so when something you know, terrible and tragic is happening on the other side of the world and you see it going on, well, your body feels responsible. A lot of us carry the weight of the world in our body, but in our culture, we're trained to dissociate. We're trained to disconnect. Just like we're trained to disconnect from our mind to our body, we're trained to disconnect on a global level as well, saying that's happening over there and it's not happening over here. And I don't really know what to do about it right now. So I guess I'm just going to not look at it. And so there's this macro to micro, and I know I'm kind of going off on a, on a tangent here, but, you know, I do truly believe that we are going through a collective stressor. We've had multiple manifestations of that. You could look at the current, um, uh, uh, you know, pandemic, if you will, um, where it's like this collective stressor that's happening and it's asking a question to humanity. It's like, what is the new adaptive pattern? How do we overcome this? How do we find new ways of being? And until humanity answers that question, we're going to continue to hear symptoms. And those symptoms are the cries out of different populations of different people around the world. And so it's happening on a micro level inside your body and it's happening on a macro level in, in, in yeah, the world Yeah, it definitely well. is. And I've heard you talk about one answer to to that question, which is how do we create new adaptive strategies that work, that help us connect back to our natural state? Yeah. And you talk about something, I think it's called like subtraction by addition. This, I Can you talk about yeah. what that means? Because I think we're all looking for new ways of doing things. The, the, the thing about being coachable, the coachable podcast is about learning how to do things better, right? We have to be teachable. We have to be coachable. Yeah. We have to be willing to do things differently, right? And and a lot of us, even if we are operating in, in addictive patterns, even if our nervous system is addicted yeah. to, to numbing itself as a form of survival, there is a cry within each of us that's, that's longing to come home that's longing to reawaken to our expressive selves to to express what's really going on and and we don't know how to do that and we're like how do i get rid of these addictions how do i stop doing the things i've always done and and i've heard you talk about this you, we get rid of it by adding things can you talk about what what that is yeah first i'll go and do uh, addition by or uh, subtraction by addition but first off if you know, addiction, like is a, it's a human, is a human thing. We're all addicts. Like we're all addicted to something and it's not going to go away. Um, but 
it's not about getting rid of the addiction because a lot of the times the addiction is an intelligent thing. It's giving you something. And so if you could figure out what it's giving you, like you don't take the drug away from somebody. What is it giving you? The opposite of addiction is connection. It's connecting you to something. And whether that connection is uh, a connection to something outside of my current world because my current world sucks, but it's, it's, it's giving you something. So instead of like trying to take away and deprive yourself of whatever your addictions are, look at the intelligent response. Like that's how I try to view everything in life is that if my body is doing something that is like painful or there's symptoms or something's going on, what is the intelligent? Cause the body does everything from an intelligent mm-hmm. place. Like it knows what it's doing. It's growing my hair. Hopefully it <laughs> continues. Like it's, it's repairing my, uh, my, my cells. Like why, like what's the intelligent thing that it's doing? And so if we look at like addiction, like what is it giving you? And if you can figure out what it's giving you and you can take the pressure off yourself, because a lot of the times we, life is hard enough and then we get even harder on ourselves and we put more pressure on ourselves. And so if you shift your mindset, if you shift the way that you're relating to it, like you can just become the observer of your life and just notice the patterns that you have without like labeling bad or good on it. Just like, okay, what's the thing that I'm trying to get from this thing? And if I can figure that out and then give myself more of that, if it is like, you know, I'm numbing myself from a current relationship or a job that's not in alignment with me. I mean, those are usually the big ones um, or, or uh, a past trauma or something that, that went on. If I can figure out what, it, what, what do I actually need from that and I can start to add those things in, a lot of the times the, the negative thing that I want to subtract will just fall away because I no longer need it. I no longer am searching for that connection to something that's, that's actually not helping me. Addiction, I've heard, I can't remember who I heard this from, but it's like it's, it's compulsively doing something that almost Peter works. Crone says something Almost like that. Works. Yeah. Peter Some, Crumb, he maybe, says yeah. something similar someone, to that. Someone said and it somewhere. It, and it is. It's like you can't get yeah. enough of something that almost works. And I mm-hmm. want to even make this a little bit more practical for people that are listening. Like, let's take an example and and like distill it down like what we might, like you were saying, like get underneath that and find the intelligence that, 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 that cause there's a cost and a payoff to everything that we do. Right. Yeah. So there's a big payoff for why we're continuing to, if, for example, like we're addicted to food or we're <laughs> addicted to porn or we're addicted to shopping. Like, let's just pick one and, and distill it down and like into an example of what somebody might be benefiting from doing that. And then how can we, what could we add into our lives that would also provide that same uh, benefit in a more healthy way? Yeah. All right. Let's dive into it. What right now in your life? What is a pattern that you feel like mm-hmm. is blocking you or causing you I can definitely issues? tell you in my past, like when I'm stressed, food was always a comfort for me. Um, that was one mm. of the patterns that I've had to work on and I continue to work on. It's like, oh, this, this thing, I can immediately feel a little bit better. And, and so yeah. when I think about why I would do that, 
it's it's some I think I was craving comfort in a stressful situation. Yeah. If I would if look at the intelligence. Yeah. If so if you were to just like maybe close your eyes if mm. that feels good for you. If you can go back to maybe a time when that pattern was really prevalent for you. And can you tap into the intelligence of that pattern? Like how much it helped you in the moment cope. Maybe it gave you some sort of control when the external world was control, like was chaos. You felt like you could control what you put in your body or maybe it gave you, you know, this feeling of comfort or maybe it satisfied a feeling of emptiness. Like if you can just tune into what was the, what was the intelligent, what was the intelligence of that pattern? I want to pause for just a second and say thank you to this week's sponsor, Air Doctor. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know how committed I am to building a life that feels as good as it looks. And one way I do that is through breath work. And so I pay attention to the air that I breathe because I realize that in order to really have a life that feels as good as it looks, I can't just look at and pay attention to what's on the outside. I have to also understand the importance of taking care of what I can't see, which is the air that I breathe. Now, the crazy thing is, and why this is so important to me, is I real I, I heard this statistic recently that really blew my mind, which is the average American is spending 90% of our time indoors. And that's really sad and true. <laughs> I live and work from home. I'm an online entrepreneur, so I'm spending a ton of my, my time indoors, but especially during the summer months here in Las Vegas where it gets ultra hot. And the scary thing is indoor air can be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. And when you think about the effects of that, it has on our bodies, has on our sleep, the allergies that I've been experiencing for the last year have all started to like improve since I started using the Air Doctor 3000. Now, the Air Doctor's Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99 of tested bacteria and viruses and this gives me some ease, honestly, to know that the air that I'm breathing in all day, every day is clean because there are really good benefits to having clean air. It relieves symptoms of asthma. It eliminates harmful chemicals in the air. It neutralizes unpleasant odors if you've got children or pets around, and it reduces the chance of airborne diseases. So as someone who's passionate about living a mindful life, I really believe in taking care of our well-being. And that goes beyond just what meets the eye and is an inside-out approach. So the exciting news is that Air Doctor is offering a special deal just for our listeners. So if you head over to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code COACHABLE to unlock their exclusive offer, you can receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off your Air Doctor air filter Remember, creating a life that feels as good as it looks means paying attention to the details. So go over to airdoctor.com, airdoctorpro.com to use promo code COACHABLE to claim your special offer. Together, let's create a life that's not only beautiful, but also healthy from the inside out. I think the emptiness piece really mm. becomes for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, re it's hard for a lot of us mm -hmm. to feel empty. To have no, we, we, we live in a world where we're always trying to fill the space. 
we feel like anytime I have some sort of space in my life, like I'm, ro- exactly. I'm scrolling my phone, like even in the bathroom or whatever it is, even in conversation, when I'm in a conversation with another person, like a lot of us feel very uncomfortable if there's a moment of silence. We constantly want to talk over each other's sentences. And that that's a big one for people. But if you can tune into that and know that that was the most intelligent thing that your little girl knew how to do in the moment. It wasn't, you weren't given the resources on how to deal with emptiness. That was the most intelligent thing that that your body knew how to do in that moment. And so, although it might be something that's blocking you now, there's nothing that you need to do to fix it right at this moment. There's nothing that you need to do to change that. Like it's, it was, it was serving you in some sort of capacity. And when you tune into that, that emptiness and, and, and find out what it is that you need to give yourself to be able to feel okay with that, that pattern will go away. And that's a, that's a journey yeah, for I've, you. I've been on that journey obviously. And, and the thing that I, that comes to mind for me uh, definitely had to do with relationships and friendships. And when I was only, um, you know, when I was surrounding myself with just surface level friendships and I would only go, you know, skim the surface with people and I didn't feel truly known or seen or understood, it felt empty. And, and so there was this always a longing for deeper connection, um, with other people and to really like, connect on things that were really meaningful to me. And I I struggled for a lot of years to find Mm. people that I felt uh, cared about the same things I did. But it was only when I allowed myself to release and let go of some of those friendships that didn't fill me up, right? That that left me feeling empty. And to sometimes I had to walk alone for a little while until I found people that were more aligned for me that it it filled that part of me that felt empty. Um, and I started to, that's when, you know, it became an addition. These new people, these new friendships, these new connections and relationships felt so much more, like I felt so much more full um, that that addition kind of fixed the, like solved the the problem of trying to outsource that fullness to food. Yeah. All of, all of these healing modalities, most, most of them, even you could say coaching, if you will, they're, they're internal integration modalities. You know, I think that's term, the term integration is kind of misunderstood. It can be used in so many different ways, but when I, you know, we could take breath work, for example, or even meditation or even coaching, like I am trying to connect to all of the parts of myself internally like all of the parts that I've cut myself off, all of the parts of my shadow aspects of myself, or maybe it's even like my power and like how powerful I actually am and like how much of an incredible human or mm-hmm. my gifts or whatever it is. Like I've cut myself off from those highs and lows of myself. The integration is can I connect to all of those parts? And when I have this internal integration, then it becomes how do I integrate that into the mm-hmm. external world? How do I walk that? And that, that, that 
like being able to live that out in the world, the number one thing that that happens with with people when they have a powerful experience, such as breath work, mm-hmm. plant medicine, or therapy, or coaching, the number one indicator if someone's able to integrate that back out into the world depends on their environment and the people that they're surrounded with, because. Most people, when they're when their nervous system's in a contracted state, they crave stasis. Like when you're in a contracted state, when you're in a state of fear, you crave stasis. You want things to be the same because there's too many variables going on. There's chaos, right? And so a lot of the times, the people that you're surrounding yourself with, they want you to be the same person yesterday as you were two years ago, as you're going to be tomorrow, they actually don't allow you to become a verb, to become that, that new version of yourself, mm-hmm. to become actually, to be that new integrated part of yourself. And when you have this experience of internal integration, um, it can be a lonely road for a little bit because a lot of the times you're around people and you can feel their pressures for you to be the same person. And what happens is when you connect yourself deeply on that level and you start expressing outward over and over and over again, you continue to show up from that place. Well, you might start to alienate yourself, but if you do that for long enough, your people Mm -hmm. will find you. And those are the people that you want to connect with because they're much more in alignment with you. I know for myself, there was a period where I was talking about a lot of these things and people thought I was like my current friend group thought I was crazy and I was felt so alienated, but I just continued to show up every single day from that place that felt like so in alignment with me and my heart. I showed up for like three years and then finally, finally I'm like, wow, okay, now I'm surrounded by people that are in alignment with me. And if you look at all the relationships that you have, you know, if you aren't connected to yourself, if you aren't inter- internally integrated yourself, connected to all the parts of yourself, well, then all of the relationships that you have, whether they're romantic or friendships, well, it's actually not you in the relationship. It's a representative mm-hmm. of you. It's a disconnected version of yourself. And what happens is when I have to maintain all of these relationships from a disconnected place, well, that becomes incredibly energetically intensive to our system and it will drain the shit out of us. And so a lot of the times if you, you know, an inventory of your relationships will tell you, Oh shit, I actually like the people that I'm surrounded, the external world is not reflecting back what like I want life to be. Well, then it's time to go back inward and see what parts of myself I can integrate and express from that place and do that for because the the, the ex like the physical world yeah. changes slowly. You could change your mind mm-hmm. quickly. You change your mind at the drop of a pin, but it takes a little while for the yeah, world. Yeah, it really to catch does. Up. And I, again, like we can talk about these things, but I like to give people practical examples of what this looks like. I know for me, like I lived what you did, which is like living from and talking mm-hmm. from and trying to express from. This is who I am up here, and then it not and. Yeah. Can, continuing to feel out of alignment. And for me, empty, that was like the feeling internally of this emptiness. And it also didn't just show up in my friend group or my relationship, but also like in my career, my career felt empty. And so the, the integration for me meant a leaving, a letting go of, uh, and of who I'd been 
and the actual embodiment of it so that I could create something new and then as a byproduct of leaving those environments, starting my own business, you know, actually leaving a city, starting over, moving, like traveling alone, solo, and then finding uh, what and creating what felt much more true for me, like a, a true external expression of what was happening internally then my cup and internal reservoir was filled. And then I was creating and living from a filled up place instead of this emptiness inside of me that was searching outside of me to fill it up. It was an expression of the internal then that had created this external. But it does take a lot of courage to courage to do that. And I don't think we talk about how that can also have an impact on your nervous system because your nervous system has been programmed to look for homeostasis in the normal, in the familiar. And so you're like, these people, these places, this environment feels normal and safe, but it's also keeping me limited. So how do you support people or what, what can people do to support themselves as they're trying to find greater alignment and as that's also having an impact on their system, their nervous system, it's like, oh, this is scary and this is new and this is unfamiliar, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. And there's so many different, you know, there's there, there truly is no one size fix all for everyone. Um, you know, there are a lot of powerful ways to, I mean, travel is one of my favorites because it gets you out of your normal everyday comfort zone. I mean, that's the biggest thing is getting out of your normal day-to-day routines. You know, you could look at something like breath work. It's getting you out of your normal waking consciousness. It's it's taking you into an altered state of consciousness. It's giving you a new mm-hmm. perspective on your 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 current operating systems. And so, like, one thing is that like, and this is one of my favorite quotes: is nature rewards courage. Nature rewards courage. Is by Terrence McKenna. And I look at that like nature being your body. Your body rewards courage because when you take a leap, when you take a leap, whatever that, like that internal voice that's telling you like, I need to make a change. I need to like shift my career. I need to end this relationship or I need to move to a new place or whatever. I need to go travel, whatever it is. When when you make that leap, nature rewards courage. Your body rewards courage because when you start to listen to that internal voice, it will start to become so much more clear. When you take the leap, you find out that like the world is not going to grind you under. It's going to lift you up. When you take leaps that are in alignment with you, every time I've taken a leap, it has, I mean, I, there was a moment in time where there was six months where I was like living out of my car and just homeless. And like, I, I was working with different people and I was driving around and I knew that, and there was a moment in time where I was like, I might just take this corporate job Mm -hmm. because I need money. But I continued to like work with people and hone my skills. And I knew inside what I had was of value and it was so close to taking a corporate job that would have just altered mm-hmm. my <laughs> altered my direction in, in a completely different way. But as far as practical advice, I'll give I'll give this practice to you guys. This is a practice that will help you reconnect your mind to your body. 
And it takes, it's a practice for a reason because it ta- it's over and over and over again. You need to do it. I, you could set an alarm on your phone. Um, you could do this in your relationships. It's a really powerful tool to do with your partner um, or the people that you love, but it's a somatic awareness practice. And so it's the biggest part of this is learning to how to be objective with yourself, meaning learning how to just where am I at and allowing myself to be where I'm at without changing it. Because most of the time, if I'm feeling sadness, well, it's like, okay, well, I actually want to be happy. It's like, just try to become as objective as possible. And so this is a bottom-up practice, meaning we're going to connect to our physical body first, our emotions second, our mind third, and we'll probably be able to see how they are uh, connected. Because most of us, if I were to ask you how you're feeling, you're probably going to think about how you're feeling. It's probably going to come from your mind. Most of us are actually not even occupying our body. And so the first process is, and I'll lead you through this, is just tune into your physical body. What are you noticing in your physical body? Like right now, and you can, you can set a timer and you can just say out loud, I'm noticing this. I'm noticing this. So for me, I'm noticing like tension in my mid back. I'm noticing like I'm a little sweaty because it's hot in here and I'm on an interview. I'm noticing like uh, a level of like excitement um, within my body. Like is, if you're just tuning into your physical body right now, is there anything that you're noticing? Just physical sensation. Yeah, for me, it would just be similar. Like I feel a tightness and a little bit like in my shoulders um, and lower back. I can, I also feel very grounded. I feel very in my body um, and very present. Any other just like sensations? Um, it's, it's actually not easy. I feel like a pressure in uh, my lower abdomen. I'm on my cycle right now. So that's okay. very alive and active for okay. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so from that place, let's move up into, is there anything that you're feeling on an emotional level? Is there any current emotions, any energy and motion that's moving through you? Like, I know you yeah, said you felt grounded. grounded. It could be a little bit. Yeah, I feel present. I feel, yeah. I feel present. I feel present. Um, which is, is nice to feel See if you can... sometimes in these environments, I, I get a little excited and anxious and, um, yeah, yeah just noticing a calmness. Um, and, um, yeah, I, f- I feel like a, mm-hmm. a softness from you right now, like more of, um, like almost wanting to be like nurtured a little yeah. bit. Oh, that's really active. Wow. Yeah. And so from that place, so you're noticing whatever the things that you notice in your body and then you move up and you we're, we're compartmentalizing these for a reason. Cause a lot of the times when you ask someone how they're feeling, they could resource this answer from any of right. these different places. It could be just physical body sensation. It could be emotion. It could be the mental story. So let's move up into the mind. 
are there any stories that are playing in your head right now? Like, is there any, um, like if you were to just say, I'm imagining blank or the story in my head that's playing right now is blank. It's funny, the story that's connected to the feeling of being grounded and present is you're doing good, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. Like it's, I'm also mentally judging myself for am I doing a good job or a mm. poor job of being, you know, a leader and being yeah. a host and all of those things. Um, so there's still part of me mentally that's critiquing myself. Um, mm -hmm. uh, okay. That's good. That's good. Just objective, objective awareness. Right. And so from that place, now that you've kind of connected and maybe you can kind of see how those are a little mm -hmm. bit connected in a way, like the physical sensations in your body, the emotions, maybe that's running through you. And then the story that's mm -hmm. playing in your head, like I'll give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, I was, um, just being an absolute dick to my mm -hmm. whole team. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what was going on. I was just being an asshole. And, uh, and I was being an asshole to my partner and I was very short and irritable and I was like, you know, the story that was going on in my head was like, oh, everyone needs my time and everyone wants my energy. And like people should just learn how to do things for themselves and not have to ask me everything. And and then I was like, oh, wow, OK, this is like I need to just do a somatic check in. And when I checked in, it was like I was actually feeling a ton of tension in my lower back like my sacrum was super tense. I felt like my, in my body, like an old man, mm -hmm. like a grumpy old man. And then I moved up a little bit and I was like, well, are there any emotions present for me right now? And I was like, what? like, and the emotion one can be probably the hardest because it's probably the one that we're most mm -hmm. disconnected to. Like if you have to go a little bit of a layer deeper and I was like, well, there's actually a lot of anger inside of me right now. And then I was like, well, no wonder this is affecting like how I'm treating everybody around me. And once I had that awareness, it's like, oh, I saw how they were all connected. I started working on my physical body. I started giving myself the necessary things to loosen up my back. I got body work. And I saw a chiropractor. I started feeling a little bit softer in my body. I started doing my movement practices again. I actually had like a, a breath work session where I was letting out a lot of anger. And then I, and then from that place, I was like, oh shit, the story in my head is actually changing because you, your mind is not actually just happening. It's, we haven't figured out where the mind's mm -hmm. happening in your body. Mm -hmm. Like science hasn't, hasn't measured like, oh, is it happening in the space right. in between your ears or your prefrontal cortex or like in between your eyes? Like where is mind actually happening? Well, your body, your, the state of your nervous system is an antenna. And the state, if you are in a contracted state, like in all of the, all of the, 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 the institutions in power have understood this religions, governments. If I can keep you in a contracted state, if I can keep you in a state of fear, guilt, and shame, well, you're going to be picking up on contracted mm -hmm. ideas. Like you're going to make very predictable moves. You're not going to be able to think expansively. And this is this mind body connection that I'm talking about. If it's like, if you want to expand your thinking, you can't do that from a state of, 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 of being right. a wounded animal of being contracted in a fear state in your body. And so 
okay, let's just go back to this practice. One last thing here. So now that you've kind of just taken inventory, maybe tuning back into that, based on your sensations, your emotions that are present, maybe the story that's going on in your head is that you're doing a good job. What is it that you're wanting? Like that's the last step based on what like the physical sensations, you're feeling some tightness in your back. Maybe that's changed a little bit. You're feeling actually pretty calm. You know, you're feeling obviously you're on your cycle right now. Um, you're feeling grounded, present, a little soft. The story is that you're doing a good job. So from this like internal checked in place, what is it that you're wanting? It doesn't have to be a big thing. You know, what comes to mind is rest. Rest. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Rest from also from the, so this is of like, is this good or is this bad? Mm. Mm -hmm. The mental rest. Yeah. That's a big one. We put so much Mm -hmm. pressure on ourselves. Like I'm doing bad. I'm doing good. Oh, if I do this, I'm doing better, you know? (laughs) And that, that Mm -hmm. tires us out. This can be a very, very powerful practice, not just for yourself. If you do this in the morning, do this in the evening, but if you sit down with your loved ones and you have them Mm -hmm. check in, because a lot of the times we don't even know what we want. We don't even know how we're feeling. Imagine if like you could sit down with somebody and they could actually tell you how they are feeling. And this comes, this, this starts as somatic awareness and then it moves into somatic Mm -hmm. literacy. Like, can I put words to what I'm actually feeling? Can I be, can I be literate in actually the processes that are going on inside of me? And can I express what I'm wanting? And then from that place, then we can develop like somatic mm-hmm. relating, which is like, I can actually be in a true relationship with another person because I'm checked in myself. I haven't lost myself. And then I can actually put into words how I'm feeling. Now I can actually, that's the precursor to being able to actually connect with another person. I mean, I feel so connected to you just from doing that exercise. And I can imagine this is so nourishing and beneficial for couples or just like anybody that you're in close relationship with to to deepen that connection. And I know one of the things that you talk about, and I also talk about in the work that we do is, um, is co-regulation, um, and how that can be really supportive or your nervous system as you're going through trans- transformation, as you're going through change or just chaotic times or stressful times, like you need to find co-regulation yeah. for people. And obviously this is one practice that we can use for that. But what is co-regulation and why is it really important, um, especially in our in our relationships and in, in our healing? Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime we're spending our time around another person, we're co-regulating with them. It's the way in which my autonomic nervous system or automatic nervous system, like my, my automatic functions in my body, like my stress responses, my relaxation responses, my digest, like if I'm in a parasympathetic healing state or if I'm in a, like an active, um, Mm -hmm. stress state, Um, It's the way in which my state interacts with your state and how we uh, attune to each other. And so every time you're around another person, 
you guys are usually co-regulating and you can feel when you are like, you can always feel when you're co-regulating with someone that's like, Oh, mm-hmm. this feels really good. Or it's like, Oh, this does not feel so good. I don't really want to co-regulate mm-hmm. with this person. What would right be now. some of the signs of a dysregulated um, system um, that somebody might be able to identify within themselves if they're co-regulating with somebody and it doesn't feel good? Yeah. Well, the precursor to that is knowing self knowing self and other, because most of the times we lose mm-hmm. ourselves in the other, like we have to have this practice of knowing a deep sense of self. The, the, I can't even really, uh, uh, put, uh, I can't even put words to that if I don't know what is mine yeah. and what is yeah. theirs. Yeah. And so if I'm not tapped into myself, then usually if I'm co-regulating with somebody, then I'll actually take on their stuff mm-hmm. and I'll think it's mine. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the times we don't even realize it, but like, we're, and especially people that are sensitive, like, um, if you, you know, label yourself or feel that you're kind of empathic or you're able, you're very sensitive and you can pick up on other people's stuff, like the more empathic you are, the more boundary that you need. And the boundary is not that I need to set all these boundaries in my life. The more boundary that I need is do I have practices that bring me back to myself and check me in right. where I'm at? And then when I'm co-regulating with another person, then I can feel if it's like, oh, this is actually, um, this is actually their stuff. And from that place, then I can actually become like a space holder in a way where it's like, I can be this person's mountain. Like they're in a dysregulated state. Well, it's not going to, th- I'm not going to co-regulate to that and get dysregulated with them. I can actually be the anchor for them and, 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 and basically be the reminder for them that it's like, Hey, it's okay to come back to the state. It's okay to come back to a, a, a place of alignment. And that's the precursor for like, I mean, whatever sort of practitioner you are, if you are working with another person in any sort of capacity, you are co-regulating with them. A lot of the times as a practitioner, we are that, we are that mountain. We have to kind of match people where there are a little bit. We kind of have to meet them where they're at. And once we kind of gain, gain that rapport there, then we can start to bring them kind of where we want, like where we want them to be. And especially in my work, like I teach co-regulation as a practitioner is um, the art of holding space is that I am moving away from the fix it mentality into the honoring the innate intelligence of someone's body or their being. However they are right now, is they're probably being that for a reason. And the, and the, the, the quickest kind of example of that I can give, like if someone's in a fix it mentality, like say you're crying right now and I want to go and I'm going to go over to you. I'm going to be like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Well, really what I'm saying is no, 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 stop. No, no, no. I don't want you to feel that. And it might be coming from a well-intentioned place. Like I don't want you to feel pain, but it's probably because I am not okay with it in myself. And the shift in that is that it's okay to let yourself feel it. Yeah, you don't need to change it. Like you're a human and it's okay for let, to, to let yourself feel it. It'll move through you. This too shall pass. And I'll be here with you fully while you're in that. And most of us, like most of our healthcare systems are based off the fix-it mentality. Like I am here to fix, like if I'm yeah. a doctor, <laughs> you're coming to me. And if I'm in the fix mentality, well, I'm creating the opposing force that you're broken. 
like if and this this is the hardest with our family members because we want to fix the people that we're closest to we want to fix our, our our family our friends like we don't want to see them struggling but instead of when you actually are in that fix it mentality you're putting more pressure on them you're putting more stress on them and that negates their own expression that negates whatever needs to come from them outwards because sustainable change has to happen from the inside out. And so we can hold this space for someone to express whatever needs to move through them. And the first steps are usually, you know, on an emotional and a physical level, like there's probably some emotions that have been suppressed. There's probably a lot of parasitic mm -hmm. tension on an emotional level, maybe on a physical level. Once that's out, then it becomes like, Level two is like, how can I, how can I channel this stress into an art form? How can I, how can I find the new adaptive pattern? How can I take this stressful situation and put it into my own unique expression, whether it's art, music, dance, business, relationships, whatever it is, we all are craving our own unique expression in the world. And we, and we, we want to, like we are communal beings, so we want it to be usually supportive of our community. We want to feel like we're bringing something to the table yeah, for our tribe. Shared. Like once, we, yeah, exactly. It wants to be shared. So powerful, so powerful. And I think that's one place I know that a lot of this, uh, a lot of people get tripped up is in the sharing of their expression because it hasn't been received yeah. for so long. And, but that is also yeah. where the healing is. It's like, that's where the in healing my is expression at. and in my trust and my, my ability to lean in and share this part of me, what feels most real and alive in me. Yeah. It's when we do that environments where we are safe and where we all are, are celebrated yeah. that the healing can occur because we stop sharing and we, we repress and we shut those parts of ourselves down often because we've been told to, you know, be still or be silent or, or shut up or act our age yeah. or whatever it is, you know, yeah. but it's also in the expression yeah. and then the sharing with others that the healing gets to occur. And it's also, and, and maybe we don't have a safe space. Maybe we mm. need to do it anyways. Like there's an aspect of, there's a, there's a lot of healing and doing it and doing it anyways, because a lot of the times like, yeah, I know there's a quote that like uh, so many of us are seeking validation before we even like before we even fully express ourselves. Like we'll express a little bit and we'll be like, oh, does the world like how's the world responding? Do they right. like it? Do they not like it? Well, a lot of the time something just needs to come out because if you never let the first thing come out, well, maybe the 10th thing is actually going to be like the thing mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. <laughs> the world loves. But if you never did the first thing, then you're never going to make it to the next thing. And this is a lot of Rick Rubin's work. The act of creation is like, sometimes I just need to express just to express, just to get it out so I can move right. to the next thing. Because if I don't allow myself to express the first thing, if I don't have the first iteration of whatever business that wants to come out, then I'll never make it to step 10 where that's the actual thing that the world is responding to. And so it's, it's like, just create art or whatever it is, just to create it. And while the world is judging it, continue to create more art. Like let, let the world decide, just continue to express just because 
it's what your body, it's what your soul, it's what your your heart, your mind crave to do. Yes. I feel like you just gave so many people a permission slip to go do the thing, say the thing, sing the thing, yeah. create, create it. it. Yeah. Just like it let it, create let it the come thing. out let, let, because it wants to, it's like, it wants to bubble out and, and we, we participate in our own suffering when we push it down. I think. Yeah. This Absolutely. is so powerful. Um, thank you. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your medicine. Um, can you tell people a little bit more about where you hang out online, what you're up to, what you're working on, and how yeah. they can know more about your work or coaching if they want to get involved? Yeah, thank you, Tori. This was an absolutely beautiful conversation. Um, so it, you can check us out at Somatic Breathwork. We're almost almost every platform. Um, YouTube is really popping for mm-hmm. us right now. Uh, also, per, my my personal YouTube, Stephen Jaggers. Um, Instagram, TikTok, all the, all the different things. Um, if you want to look more into our work, our practitioner trainings or receiving sessions, you can check us out at somaticbreathwork.com. Um, we at this point have just about over a thousand practitioners worldwide, uh, doing sessions in a multitude of different languages on almost every continent. Um, we have online trainings, in-person trainings. Um, if you are a practitioner of any type, uh, whether you're coming from the mind world or you're coming from the body world, this is a, a powerful tool that you can really use with your clients um, because it really truly works with the nervous system and the nervous system is the bridge between your mind and your body. And so, yeah, you can reach out to me, my personal Instagram, as you can tell, I love to just nerd out on this stuff. Um, it's at Jaggers, J-R. And uh, yeah, looking forward yes, to connecting with you all. Thank you. We will make sure to put all of that information in the show notes for you to make it super easy and accessible you get to connect with Steven. This was another episode of the Coachable Podcast. You guys, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you go apply what you learn here because knowledge is not power. It only becomes power when you use it. So please go apply it this week. And if you loved this show, share it with a friend. You can really be a hero and impact someone's life just by clicking the share button uh, on any social platform or send a text to a family friend or loved one you can make a huge difference. And if you want to say thank you for for the work that we do here, you can always leave us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. That's the best way to say thank you. And we appreciate it in advance. I love you. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week on The Coachable Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.